Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Down in the Valley, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Natural Beauty Spa. To see our podcast and other USL podcasts and articles, be sure to check out uh, their website at bgn.fn. Uh, you can also check out our podcast on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. For those of you that are listening through the podcast audio or uh, uh, through uh, the archive, we go live, We try, try to go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash down in the valley. Now this week, I'm very ecstatic to have RGVFC defender Robert Coronado on the show. Rob, first of all, welcome to Down in the Valley. No, what's up, Betson? Hope you're doing well, and just want to say thank you for having me. Um, looking forward to to the to the video. Now you know it's been it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks in the past, and I know you've been you've been going through through a lot of. You've barely started going back into uh, training. Um, first of it was individual, then now it, I believe you're now in small groups, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're groups of three as of right now. That I know that's it's slow slow steps, but uh, hopefully we can get back to playing some USL. But today's today's interview really isn't about what's going on in uh, in the current you know currently in this uh, particular timeline. I just went whole Back to the Future, guys. Sorry about that. I was binge watching Back to the Future yesterday, so <laughs> forgive me about that. That uh, but anyways, um, but. This interview is more so that we, you as the fans, could know more about uh, our players. And uh, Rob pretty much has the the honor of being the first uh, the first RGVFC player on uh, of this uh, of this year to be on our show for an interview like that. But basically, you know, we want we want for the fans to know more about you, how you got you know uh, to where you're at now at, as at RGVFC. So, mm-hmm. first of all, so let's go ahead and get started, uh, Rob. So, you know, it's been, you know, you're, you grew up from uh, La Habra, uh, California. Uh, grew, uh, how, was, how was your uh, your childhood in La Habra? Um, so, I have been, well, I, li- I lived in La Habra for pretty much almost all my life up until I came over here to Texas. So, even when I was in college, uh, I stayed at my parents uh, since it was so close and, you know, save money and stuff like that. But um, I grew up in, uh, obviously, La Habra, California, um, met a lot of friends, made a lot of friends. And to this day, still talk to a lot of them, um, met a lot of people through soccer there while playing at the park. Um, uh, most of my family lives in uh, Southern California and most of them live in La Habra. So it's very cool to have. You know your family right next down the street from you, and knowing that you can always go to you know your grandma's house whenever you want to go, and your cousins, your friends, and it's just a nice little community. And getting to know everyone is is really fun, just because you know you obviously meet different people from different backgrounds, and you just become great friends and keep those friendships you know for a, for a lifetime. So, at what moment of your life did you decide? You know what? I want to. I want to be a professional soccer player. Um, well, when I was a kid, obviously, I was just a kid, you know, that would just play soccer, you know. Up until I started playing, you know, club, and it got a little bit more competitive. 
that's when I started thinking, okay, am I just a kid that plays soccer or am I going to be a soccer player? You know, because that's two different things. Um, our club coach used to tell me, tell us all, that all the time, you know, he would ask us, are you just someone that plays soccer or are you a soccer player? So I say in the, my early like teen years is like, okay, I'm a soccer player. You know, this is when I start training on my own. I don't just go to training twice a week. Or, you know, I'm going to have to be training on my own, get better, whether it's, um, going to the park by myself or going, going to go play pickup games, you know, at different uh, indoor facilities or futsal arenas and just different ju- just different things like that just to stay around the, the, the ball, stay around the game and not just go to training at just when your team is training twice a week. So I'd say about, like, the early teen years is when I'd say, okay, like, I want to continue to be uh, – or continue to, you know, want to be a professional soccer player and strive for that and set that as a goal. I believe you mentioned uh, with Carson last week that Mm -hmm. you had a uh, youth coach that was very influential in your life. Was this the same one that you're talking about? Yeah, Yeah, Jimmy Oblada, yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Oblada. And what uh, was he, how long did he guide you in that process of when you decided, hey, you know what, I don't want just want to be uno el montón, like they say in Spanish. Like I actually want to make a career out of this. How uh, how much influence did he have, or how many years? Um, well, he was my club coach from U twelve, I believe, up until college. So from U twelve mm-hmm. all the way to U eighteen, I think it was. Yeah, eighteen. So for those years, um, um, he kind of guided all of us just of just to become he wanted us to become a better young man that was pretty much his goal not just a better soccer player but to become a better young man off the field and i feel i felt like his his type of trainings his his type of language that he would use with his players would very like m- make every player mature at a very young age and mm-hmm. i think that's what helped us and helped me as a player to to grow and just to mature quicker than others was there any uh, advice uh, that stuck that is stuck to you all, all of this time that, that he told you? Um, yeah, he, there was one. I think I mentioned it with Carson as well. I think there was there's a lot, but I mean, some that just off the top of my head, he would always say, you know, it's never good enough. It's never good enough. Whatever you do, it's never good enough. You can always do more. But one of the main ones I remember him saying is um, once he would tell us, once I stop yelling at you, you know, that's when I stop caring about you guys. That's when I stop. That's when you got to worry about it. So because, mm-hmm. you know, he was very tough on us and that really showed that he really cared for us and that he really wanted the best out of us. And I think that's what um, I remember the most when he would tell us um once I stop yelling at you, that's when I stop caring for you or caring about you. So that's one of the main ones that I remember. Was I'm assuming you know that your your family were they oh, were they soccer fanatics uh, as well, uh, or or were you, was it or were you the only one that loved soccer? No, I mean my whole family loves soccer. Um, my grandpa from my dad's side, he's a big Chivas. Well, actually, both my grand, uh, my grandpas from uh, my mom and my dad, they both love Chivas. So they're big Chivista fans. Um, mm-hmm. 
couple uncles that are Pumas fans. Uh, my dad's side of the family, or uh, my grandpa's side, uh, family is mostly in Mexico City, La Ciudad de Mexico. And mm-hmm. that's a lot of Pumas right there. So um, I actually got a chance to go over there and train with those guys. But those, um, that that was pretty cool. But yeah, the most mostly fam, uh, soccer is the main sport, if not like the most important sport in our family. <laughs> so you mentioned. So you mentioned that you trained with Pumas in the youth systems, or. Yeah, so uh, when I was 18 years old, after my first uh, year of college, I went to go train with um, the Segunda. So we knew a friend who was the U17 coach, and he was able to get me in and just train with them. And at the time, it was tryout. So he pretty much told me, just don't say anything. Just say you're here to try out and see what happens. So like the first couple of weeks... It was just tryouts. There was like 200 plus kids, and ended up they ended up cutting kids every every day, every day, every day, every day. Mm-hmm. Came down to like the last six or seven guys, and I was one of them. And that's when the last couple of weeks we started training with the actual Segunda team and the, the, the training staff, like all the coaching staff, the everybody. So we were kind of part of the group already. And when they started asking for paperwork, and we had a, we actually had a, a scrimmage against uh, that's at our Segunda team, that team. I don't remember exactly, but um, after that, I had a really uh, good game, and they asked for they started asking for information after that. And at the time, I was just finishing my first year of college. I obviously had a scholarship. Um, I was playing Division One soccer as well, so um, it took me about like a week. Um, to decide what I was going to do. Um, and I ended up coming back to school and getting my degree and finishing off school and obviously soccer. So um, mm-hmm. once I told the Pumas people there, the Pumas people that um, I wanted to go back to to the States and continue my studying, they told me to leave. <laughs> and I figured it was a really tough, it was a really tough decision because uh, mostly because like you mentioned, like you really want to get yourself a degree uh, but you also you also want to you know uh, try to find a way to debut in a league where mo- uh, where your what your family supports you know you mentioned your uncles being with with uh, being Pumas fans as well so I I figured, I figured that was really tough for you for you to design. It was tough. I had yeah it was tough because all of my uncles in Mexico were you know telling me to stay telling me to stay and. Um, one of, actually, just one of my uncles was like, you know what, you need to go back and study. And I thought about it for, I'm telling you, about a week. I was just in bed laying down after every training session. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it came to a point where I just decided to finish my degree. You know, all these years of schooling, I didn't want to not screw it up. But since I had a scholarship, I didn't want to miss the opportunity, you know, to after my so going back with you growing up, um, was there a specific? I am a robot. Uh, was there a specific um, soccer player, professional soccer player, that you considered your idol? Um, I say Andra Pirlo, and that's because uh, when I was playing club at that time, I was a center mid. I was a holding midfielder, so. Mm-hmm. 
I was a center mid up until I think my junior year of college. So um, he was one of like my my biggest like idols and the way he played and he wore the tempo uh, cleat. So I started wearing tempo cleats and those were like a right fit for my foot. It just felt perfect. So um, I would watch a lot of his videos and just really admire his his game. The day that they announced that Andrea Pirro was coming to MLS. Did you ever get a chance to uh, see him? No, I never got a chance to see him. Nope, didn't get a chance. That's what I hope and wish I did, but didn't get the chance to do it. So you mentioned you mentioned that you were a a holding midfielder, you mm -hmm. know, throughout most of your of your college career. So you mentioned mm -hmm. you mentioned that you what were led to a, the, the change, a holding midfielder. What led to the change mm -hmm. in throughout in, most in of your, position? Of your what position did they did they move you to? Mm -hmm. And what did what, what qualities did they see the, in you to tell you, hey, you know what, try, you know, in, I'm going to put you in, in this position. position? Okay, so yeah, so up this whole time uh, growing up, I was uh, you know holding midfielder, always a six, the holding midfielder, just playing simple, obviously, just doing all the dirty work and. When I got to college, I was obviously recruited as a holding midfielder. And um, at the time, they, we, we had 11 seniors on the team, and nine of them were starters. There was actually a, a senior who was um, a holding, the starting holding midfielder. So um, it was pretty competitive. Um, I got to start a couple games as holding mid and stuff. But uh, moving into my second year, um, they brought in a lot of good mid, uh, a lot of good midfielders, forwards. You know, really attack-minded team, and they try to find a way to put everybody on the field at the same time. So we had to kind of switch formations. We played a, we had to switch into like a four-four-two with a closed diamond in the middle. Mm -hmm. So we had four true center mids in the midfield. So I was playing on that left role of the diamond you know mm -hmm. we have that tight diamond inside so that was considered a left mid you know still center mid position mm -hmm. so then going into my junior year mid season um our left back he got injured in one of the games he i think he tore his acl and i think it was acl so mid game they were just like okay just drop back so you know usually they just he just got injured. They took him out of the game, and they're like, okay, just drop back a position right now, you know, while we make a sub. Mm -hmm. And I ended up staying that position that game. I remember it was at San Francisco, U University of San Francisco. And um, from there on out, um, they kind of just put me as a left mid. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I kind of hated it a little bit at first, you know. I kind of had, like, a little big head at the time. And I was like, you know what, I want to be left back, you know, but – after talking to, you know, the staff and, you know, people and other coaches that that watched me play left back, they were like, you know what, you have a good opportunity to to continue and and play pro at this position, especially now that left outside backs are involved a lot more than, you know, in the game before. So um, going into my senior year, that's uh, when I had the injury and uh, I still – um was playing left back i don't know if you want to talk about that the injury sure. stuff right now sure. or sure. um so going into my senior year um i was doing some off-season training and ended up breaking my foot so i was out 
for seven months. Um, I had to get surgery. I still have a screw in my foot to this day. So um, it wasn't the same after after you know the surgery. After the first couple of months, it was kind of hard doing the therapy sessions. You know, for my foot, my ankle, because. Once you hurt, you know, your foot, you can't walk and you got to kind of start all over again, you know, from the quads and calves and, you know, working all the way down. So I ended up redshirting that year. Um, it was kind of tough watching from the sidelines, but it kind of gave me a different perspective on the game and just just always try to find a positive and what I could improve while, you know, I'm sitting out or whether I'm playing, not just kind of wasting my time and doing stuff that I'm not supposed to be doing. So um, then comes my fifth year, uh, senior year. That's when I actually was able to play. And I stuck to the left back position. Um, I know some games they threw me in as the attacking the 10 position. Mm -hmm. But mostly I was playing left back. And I was, very, I was training really hard uh, coming back from my injury. And I was training, you know, to be a left back. I was tr doing more exercises as a left back would do. So, um, you know, crossing the ball, 1v1 defending, um, just getting my lungs back and making sure that I'm fit for the, a 90-plus minute game and ended up um, working out well. I ended up getting, I think it was a leading, uh, team leading assist leader or assist leader on the team that year. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think I was like second or third from the league that year, so um, it was it was pretty it was pretty weird because I wasn't getting any assists in the midfield. I was getting more assists when I was playing left back. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, that uh, that year you actually made the what is it the all or the ex the all conference first team, correct? Yeah, first team first team all conference. I think it was like best eleven in the conference that year. Correct. Yeah, and that and so in that in that year, uh, you uh, had you had six assists with total of eighteen in your career at at, at Fullerton. Yeah, uh, which made you uh, tied for six in the history of the program. So that that those are really really good numbers. So you know, yeah, thank you. I really applaud you for that. So you you spend your years at Cal Fullerton. You graduate and. You get the opportunity to sign at the pro level. Mm -hmm. Who reached out to you and what what was your first reaction when they told you that RGVFC was interested in you and what made what made it appealing for you to sign with the team? Um, so it was a kind of weird situation how I got to RGV Toros. It was kind of lucky and funny and you know obviously the hard work comes into play but um i actually had a assistant coach at kelsey fullerton uh his name is coach abraham jacinto and he actually helped me out a lot uh getting in contact with um the staff at rgv and uh he actually knew one of the the staff from RGV just because I think they've done like a coaching course uh, together over mm -hmm. like the years. And um, at the time I, I was making a highlight video, making sure that um, I had something to, to send out, you know, to send out to coaches and to send out to 
to people. So he was one of the persons that I sent it out. That I sent it out to to help me, you know, expose myself. So I think he posted it on his Facebook, and um, I didn't know this until like last year after I signed. I didn't know any of this stuff. How this how I how I got here technically. So mm-hmm. he posted it on his Facebook, and uh, one of the staff from RGV saw it on his Facebook, obviously because they're you know they're friends on Facebook and. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they they saw my video through there and they got a hold of uh, my coach Abraham and coach Abraham told me like hey this guy just hit me up um, he's part of Houston Dynamo and their affiliate team they said they're looking for players especially a left back uh, position so um, this this might be a good opportunity for you and at first I was like oh wow like that's that's cool I didn't expect it you know I was just kind of like throwing my highlight video out there to see what would happen and this popped mm-hmm. up and so then um, I ended up getting a call he asked her or he gave my information to the staff member and I ended up getting a call one day and um, I usually don't don't answer phone numbers that I don't have or you know that don't have saved con- under contact so I had this feeling like this number was this call was going to be something like because it was just random that it was a random day mm-hmm. i ended up uh, answering and it was coach jerson it was jerson on the phone and you know he introduced himself he told me like hey we saw your video you know we like what we saw we want to invite you to come uh to preseason with us and um our general manager will give you a call pretty soon and like two minutes later i get a call from uh Nick Koba, and he kind of introduces himself as well and tells me, you know, hey, we're, we want you to come by, you know, we like what we see, you know, we're going to have you on trial for preseason and, you know, we'll go from there. So that was kind of like how I got here um, through Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you went through the trial process uh, of preseason, having to go through, you know, trying to be above the best and not, and not get cut then. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing guaranteed. Just you know, come and just like every other guy here. What was your first impression of the Rio Grande Valley? Like as soon as you got off that plane, like what was your first impression of it? So actually, when I when we came, or sorry, when I came last year, we did preseason in Houston. So my mm-hmm. I first landed in Houston when I first land and when I first came down two weeks later to the um, RGV. Uh, First step outside the the airport, I was like, "Wow, this is very humid. <laughs> this is very hot. <laughs> very different. Compared, yeah, it's very different when you lived in Southern California for mm-hmm. 21 years." <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, and you're not. You know, you're not the only one uh, to tell me that it. This uh, this humidity that that we, that we have here in the valley, it's it's a huge learning curve. Um, it is. It really is. So, so you may so you were at Houston first. You finally get down to the mm-hmm. Rio Grande Valley. And you see the stadium. You see you see the the installations. Like, what 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 did what did you think? And was that like a motivation for you to like give it give it your all to stay with the team? Yeah. So. Um... When I've, I've seen, I saw pictures, obviously I was Googling, you know, RGB and looking up their stadium and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is really nice. And then when I really, when I got to the facilities and I was like, okay, this is super nice. Like, 
I haven't seen this in, in you know, I haven't seen this in a while or at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it was really, like, motivating, you know, just making, like, trying to think to myself, like, okay, do I want to come here every day? Like, yes, of course, I want to make this my home. Like, okay, so I need to do all my best to to get myself in here. So that was, that was like, a, a, a really nice motivation just to see the stadium, the, the stands, the colors, and, you know, the, the park, H-E-B Park itself. Which, uh, which of the players or staff members were the first ones to kind of embrace you and help you get accustomed to this new life? You mentioned, you know, 21 years or, uh, living in, in La Habra and then all of a sudden going halfway across, across the nation to a place that you've never been to. Uh, and now you're, now you're by yourself. Who, who, who embraced you? Well, I, uh, Probably most of you will get this answer right, and those two guys were Chewy and Castellanos. <laughs> and I don't just say that because, you know, they're my friends now because everyone is on is my friend now. But the first two guys that, you know, like opened up, like, hey, come hang out with us, like, hang around with us, and you know, obviously, like a new guy like myself, you know, who's new, who's new to this, you know, life environment, different from college and obviously living away from home and those two guys really made it like feel like home and it was always a good time with those guys still is definitely you guys like you guys are like the last year well you, you guys were inseparable you know sadly well you know Chewy went to, to the dark side but i you know the fact that the the bond is still there between you all that's just that just shows how true of a, a friendship has been for all three of you. Um, so you actually ended score. It didn't. It took a while, mostly because well, your position is most. You're you're a left back. You start. You're playing left back uh, with RGB mm-hmm. now, but you ended up scoring your your first professional goal. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. against Orange County <laughs> SC. Like take us. Through that, take us through that goal. Like, what were your, what was going through your mind, like when you took the shot and when you saw that it went in? Well, um, if you go back, I think we were losing two zero at that time or one. I think it was two zero at the time uh, that I scored the goal. So um, I had actually kind of given up a goal, one of the goals at the beginning. So I kind of had to make something up for it you know i had to do something to pull off obviously it didn't didn't plan on scoring but um i was playing obviously a little bit more attack minded after that so um i did find myself towards the middle of the field usually like you see a left back out wide and Mm -hmm. you know touching the sideline but um i found myself you know pushing more inside a little bit and uh, i think Ronaldo, Alejandro played the ball to Ronaldo. Ronaldo laid it off first time, I think it was. And I took a touch going forward, obviously, thinking, okay, I'm going to give it back to Ronaldo or I'm going to give it out wide to, I think, Chuy was playing at the time. And I was like, okay, no one's stepping to me. I'm going to take another touch. And once I took the second touch, I was like, I'm just going to hit it. I'm going to I'm gonna take a shot. And I just remember hitting it super hard with my laces. And once I hit it, 
it's one of those shots where you're like, okay, it's it's gonna go. Like it just felt so good, and um, ended up going, you know, upper V, and I think it was that was to make it two one. So I couldn't really celebrate. So um, I I just I just started running back to to my position, but it was pretty like emotional because um, it was back home. Um, that's probably the closest game to like my family, if not um, LA Galaxy. So. It was pretty cool scoring in front of my family, and I know they were super hyped up, and um, I was super hyped up, but I couldn't celebrate. You know, we were down. I had we had to get the ball and you know just get right back to it. But yeah, um, I wish I was able to celebrate. And you mentioned um, something really important, and that was also when my observation from last season was every time RJV played away in California whether it's, like you mentioned, against LA2 or, or Orange County, you had a lot of your friends and family make the trip to go and, and, and support you and the, and the Toros. Like, the first game you're out there seeing, you know, and seeing them up in the stands, like, I can't imagine how, how that must feel for, for you. Yeah, so I think our first game that we went to was at LA2. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like in April, I think. So it was like a pretty quick turnaround, you know, just leaving uh, La Habra in January and coming back in uh, April. So my family was really excited. Um, one of my cousins, um, Alejandro Diaz, he made a flyer and he kind of did like a tailgate flyer mm-hmm. for my family. And they they were going to tailgate and throw a little bit, like a little comida, you know, before the food or before, sorry, before the game would start. And so they did that, and that game, Robert or Chuy's family traveled down as well. So um, they were able to join, you know, the the little tailgate before the game. So that was pretty cool. And I just remember telling the guys, like, hey, um, I know we're playing away, but believe me, we're we're gonna be the home team. I told them, like, we're 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 gonna have the home fans. And at first they were all laughing, and you know, they were asking, like, oh, how many tickets do you need? Or like, why do you need so much? Like, are you really going to have that many people? And I feel like a lot of guys and, you know, even the staff didn't believe me until, mm-hmm. you know, the game started and they started a chant and everyone turned around like, oh, snap, who's that, <laughs> you know? And everyone had, like, a number three or they made posters. My family made posters or those fat heads. <laughs> and it was pretty cool because at the time um, – a lot of my fam- uh, family and friends had uh, my jersey already, so they all wore the jerseys. So it was pretty cool. I remember the one that says that said Toronado. I think uh, I think they had one that said Toronado there as well. And I think that yeah. that picture was at the LA LA two game. That crazy four yeah. four. Oh man! Yeah, that was a crazy game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good times, like really good times. Right. I, I almost lost my hair, and I, I will be honest. I almost lost my hair in in that uh, in that game. Just like like oh, we like like El Perro oh, Ruiz very, said, la tenía era suya y la dejó Yeah, it was a very intense game on the field. I could only imagine the fans and everyone else watching. So <laughs> it was we felt it in the field as well. So first season ended sadly. The Toros. Didn't didn't make it to to the playoffs, but there was one moment. I'm sure you're sure gonna remember this. Uh, but that that game against Tulsa, right at the very end uh, uh, of the season, 
mm-hmm. you get you get injured once once again um, in, in, in that match, and I think it was in around the thirtieth minute. Yeah, know? it was super. It was like twentieth, twentieth minute, twenty fifth, or something like that. It was super early. And I was that the was that in the in the same foot that you had surgery on back in in college. Yeah, it was it was my right. So I broke my right uh, metatarsal. Mm-hmm. So it's like the outside part of the foot and the fifth metatarsal. Sorry. So um, at first, um, when I did get injured against Tulsa, I was like, oh my god, like, am, am I? Am I hurt again? Like, is this the same thing? But I remember the pain of when I broke my foot, and it wasn't similar to this one. But this one still hurt. It was a different kind of pain, though. But at first, the first thought that comes to your mind is, oh, my gosh, it's the same foot. You know, everybody who's injured something before, whether it's their knee, their foot, whatever it is, and they hit it or they hurt it, it's the first thing they think of, okay, is it the same thing as before? So it was a little scary at first. And it took you, it was like, what, like five weeks around there being five, out, correct? Five weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so then you you come back uh, towards the towards the tail end uh, of the season, and uh, the Toros end up going on a really good, and a really good run of form uh, to, uh, at the end of the season. I believe the last five matches were, uh, were undefeated, you know, so. But your first season as a professional, uh, finishes so based on based on that what were you some of the major differences you've experienced between when you played at collegiate uh, at Fullerton and professional at RGV um, well I remember at the time when I was in college um, we would play Orange County in our in our spring season and uh, I remember one of the coaches telling us, you know, if you want to keep playing at the next level, you really got to pay attention to detail. And one of the main takeaways I remember is um, the game is the game is faster. So the game is a lot faster. The game is going to keep changing, keep speeding up. So it's up to you if you want to, you know, stay with the game or stay behind. And one of the things he said was, um, as you get as you get um, older or higher in the in the game of soccer, the higher level you play you know, the gaps start closing up, you know, the gaps between players start closing up. They're faster, they're smarter. So uh, I would say the speed of play for sure is is a lot quicker than college. Um, the substitutions at first was a little weird. You know, in college you're used to almost unlimited subs. Um, so you're constantly going against wingers that are just freshly coming in opposed to, you know, professional. You, you do usually uh, sub the winger. And usually, usually defending the fastest guy on the field, so mm-hmm. it's it's very fast paced in at this level. With the end of that season, what were some of what were some of the things that you felt you needed to improve moving moving forward, moving into this particular season? Um, for sure, def- uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement everywhere, but I mean, the main ones I think would would have been, uh, or were, sorry, um, 1v1 defending, mm-hmm. um, just uh, becoming a little quicker, just the first 5 to 10 yards, and obviously the, the weak foot, the right foot, passing, long balls, and 
Um, I think those were the three main ones. Just be getting a little stronger, quicker, more a little bit more explosive the first five, ten yards, and one v one defending is the most important, I think. And on the other side of the spectrum, what were some of the aspects of your game that you felt improved since becoming a pro? Um, since becoming a pro, um, I'd say reading the game, uh, reading the game, um, knowing when you know to go forward, knowing when to stay back, just reading, knowing who is on your team and what they're they're capable of doing. You know, there's players that are better with the ball at their feet, and there's players that are better when they get the ball in behind the defenders. So, I think that was the the funnest part about the most challenging and funnest part about, you know, learning you, who you're playing with and stuff and just just getting to know your teammates and, and after all, obviously winning. So, Where does Robert Coronado see himself in five years? Hopefully in the MLS or somewhere bigger. Um, that's I hope that's everyone's goal. Um, but can continue to stay healthy, um, playing, and just keep pushing for for a higher level every single season. Just not not getting comfortable and hopefully play, uh, making those big bucks in the leagues. <laughs> Here's hoping, man. I I think you you've shown a lot of potential. What is your favorite thing to do in the RGV? Eat. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a question since you did mention eating. If you if you were to given an option between Cali Mexican food or Calmex food, or or RGV Mexican food, which one do you think is better? Okay, it's different because, so when I came, uh, well, actually, I like to eat a lot of, like, Cali burritos back home. It's, mm -hmm. like, a big tortilla with the French fries and the carne asada and the cheese, the guacamole, pico de gallo. So that was the first thing I wanted to try yeah, when I came down here. And it it didn't, I didn't find anything like that. So, um, actually, a couple of us went to go buy some of the stuff to try to make them, the Cali burritos. Obviously, the Cali boys were the ones that were trying to do it. So, <laughs> um, little, it's a little different. I mean, I like the food in both both spots. You know, it's different. You can't really compare. You know, they're both good. Um, um, I like the Mexican food here. You know, the papasada, the um, the tacos around here are really good. I mean, I'm a big taco guy, so I'm always looking for new places to try the tacos. I think it, when, when you started describing the ca the Cali tortilla, I don't know if it's the same one because I remember one time I went to California. It was back in '05, and I remember I ate this burrito that it's obviously it, it's got the meat inside, it's got lettuce, tomato, mm -hmm. and then up on, and then on top of the rolled burrito, it's got the meat sauce and the cheese. I remember I remember that specific. Oh, I know exactly. I don't know what I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about, but no, you know, that, that it, it's a little bit different. No, this one's different because this one has, uh, this one doesn't have like the lettuce. This one just has, um, I think it has carne asada, like actual French fries. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can put pico de gallo, guacamole, um, cheese, obviously, and 
it's just it's just a big burrito. <laughs> Definitely going to be looking for those ingredients the next time I go to HEB because yes. <laughs> thanks a lot. And this has been your this has been your food moment here down in the valley. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so favorite, favorite favorite thing to do has got to be has got to be uh, food. So <laughs> man, great. Now I can't. Think so if anybody has a good spot. If anybody has good spots, you know, let me know because I'm always up for, for new spots to try. I'm kind of getting uh, tired of the same spots I'm going to. So be sure when you, when you guys uh, are actually uh, watching this video uh, uh, on YouTube or if you guys are listening in the podcast and are from the MGV, RGV, be sure to be sure to tweet uh, at uh, at Robert and or at the Down in the Valley, um, the Down in the Valley account on Twitter. You can find them down. Uh, there we go. You can find them down there, uh, Facebook down in the RGV, uh, Twitter at down in the RGV, and as well as uh, on Instagram, uh, or or to Robert, you know, give him give him your uh, your your recommendations for really good uh, taco spots. Uh, yeah. I know, obviously, obviously, I'm kind of biased with my mom's cooking, <laughs> uh, but um, I know there's there's a really good place there by sherry road and uh business 83 or not business 83 expressway 83 i don't know if you've been there it's called uh antojitos mexicanos yeah uh, we go there we, we go there we've been there i, I really i really recommend I, I always i always get the what's it called la sincronizada synchro? the synchro yeah um, we, usually, we usually get like sopes or the we, we we split like the taco pizza they have there it's pretty good they have a taco pizza yeah yeah, you should try it. <laughs> I'm blown. <laughs> yeah. Victoria, si me estás escuchando, next time we go there, next time I'm down there, we're getting the taco pizza, okay? Uh, ya, ya dije, yeah. And, and because it's on the show, it's uh, it's 100% uh, going to happen. It's official. Exactly. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for helping. Um, okay. So, quick little segments before we before we call it a night. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know you probably have a, a things to do right now. So I'm gonna tell you a couple of words or phrases, and you're gonna tell uh, or you're gonna tell me the first word that comes into mind that describes them. You got you down for that? Wait, wait, say that again. You kind of confused so, me. There. I'm gonna tell you uh, a name or something, and you're gonna tell me the first the first thing that that comes into your mind that describes okay. them. One word that describes them. Okay. All right. Jerson Echeverry. Caring. RGVFC. Ballers. <laughs> Houston Dynamo. Ballers. <laughs> San Antonio FC. Rivals. Okay. Down in the Valley Podcast. The best. Uh, <laughs> quit lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly, Rob, we really, we really appreciate you uh, coming on uh, on the show, taking your time to talk a little bit more about uh, about you. Um, I know, I know, it's been a little hard to kind of interact with fans and uh, and with us because of this uh, whole uh, COVID nineteen situation. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of taking the you know the opportunity while while we don't have any games, uh, so that way people can 
know more about you guys and hopefully become more uh, more connected uh, to the team. I think that's that's you know my little uh, grain of sand that I'm trying to uh, give you all you know guys guys the opportunity so that people know more about you. Uh, but we re I really appreciate on behalf of myself, on behalf of Ray, on behalf of Jacob and Cesar, we're really grateful for you to take the, the time to, to chat a little bit uh, mm -hmm. about your life. Uh, but before, before, we, before we go, is there uh, two things? One, is there a, any piece of advice that you would personally like to give for any upcoming players that are listening to you? Um. I'd just say whatever you want to do, make sure you give it 100% and you sacrifice whatever you need to do to get there and set goals for yourself. And if you achieve them, great. Just keep going and set yourself another set of goals. And um, uh, I always tell myself, you know, control what, control what you can control. There's a lot of things you cannot decide, you can't control. And um, if you focus on just controlling what you can do, um, I think you'll be very successful. Is there anything that, anything at all that you would like to uh, say to the fans? The, the the floor is open for you. No, I just want to say thank you for the continued support, even when we're not playing. Um, we we do notice everything, and it's not we don't just let it slide by. And hope to see you guys soon. Hope you guys are staying safe and clean. And you know we we miss you guys so. Oh, and I just want to give a shout out to my number one fan, Ricardo. Peace. Where can they? Where can our fans follow you at if they, if they don't follow you already? Um, my Instagram is at Rob Coronado three, and my Twitter, I believe, is Rob C underscore ten. Okay, so be sure. If I don't have so, that wrong. Sure. Uh, no, I've been anyway. I'll I'll I'll, put, I'll post it in the description as well. Okay. Uh, so be sure, guys. Uh, be sure to follow uh, Rob, Robert Coronado uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. I hear on Instagram he uh, he he's a really good DJ. Uh, that's that's what Instagram uh, tells me. So if you guys if you guys uh, li like to you know dance, you know, hey, you know what? I, I will be honest with you, Rob. Sometimes I use like whenever you go live. I, I use I use that to pump me up while I'm like uh, doing the exercise. Really? Especially especially when you throw that, those cumbias, man. The cumbias? I yeah, I do. So I need to get some new songs, but I mean, I do I do have some good content when when I when I post or go live. I mean, Edson can tell you, but um, I do like going live just because I'm still practicing, you know, my little DJ set and just have fun with it. Always, you know, I do take song requests, so what? Yeah. Uh, so be sure to be sure to check out his lives. I, I will I will say this though. So I remember I remember one time I was still I was still doing quarantine back in McAllen, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you went you went live and then you started you started playing uh, Payaso del Rodeo. I was, uh, telling, I was telling my sister like I was like while I was walking around the neighborhood like I was going at the speed like kind of dance doing the to the rhythm the, yeah to the to the rhythm and the speed and you were like and you went like so fast I'm like. Ah! <laughs> and at the end, I was like, oh, torture and rob. <laughs> next time, it, next no, time but... I play that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, ask someone to go live with me so they could dance. Or, or... <laughs> hey, hey, I think I think that'd be the, the, the rob challenge. You can make that a challenge to see see who can dance, who can dance the, uh, the Payaso Rodeo and who can last the fastest speed in, in that song.
Hey, if you ask, if you ask my family, I wreck. I wreck in Payaso del Rodeo at the quinceañeras in the boda. So I honestly, I, I, I love, I just love that song. I bet. It's I mean, that's, so fun. that's like the theme song. Right <laughs> but anyway, Rob, like I said, we appreciate uh, you coming on. Hopefully we can get you, uh, get you and the whole team back, uh, uh, back on the fields uh, soon. We're just going to be pretty much on on standby, hoping to get to get some more news uh, from the league, from the from the team. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, stay stay safe out there. Uh, we're we're still not out of the woods yet, so stay uh, stay safe out there and say how to say how to everybody for me. Yeah, I will. Thank you, thank you for having me once again, and it was fun chatting chatting it up and. Hope to see you guys soon. All right. Thank you. And guys, uh, have a good night.